Hey there, folks, and welcome to another special edition. I guess they're all special. But uh, this is the Eddie and not Caleb hero cast. Eddie and his amazing friends. Although, no amazing friend this week. Had someone, but uh, schedules just did not line up. Uh, We could really only do it, like, today. Um... And he got, he was a co-worker, he got hung up at work, and I'm going to be out of town this weekend, so it just wasn't going to work. Uh, and I feel bad, because he watched the movie. <laughs> but, uh, eh, it happens sometimes, that's just podcasting, but we'll get him on again. Uh, anyway, uh, how are you folks doing? We are up to episode number, oh boy, 155. We are reviewing Venom. Venom. Yeah, the second time we've seen this character, but the first time in a solo movie, so he, he the character, has been rebooted. So, that is good. Anyway, you can uh, follow us on Twitter at EC underscore Hero and Instagram at EC HeroCast. Always keeping it interesting there. Uh, yeah, so let's jump into the time capsule. How about that? We have our uh, WWE Champion, AJ Styles, Universal Champion, Seth Rollins, NXT, Tommaso Ciampa, Raw Women's Champion, because we respect women. Caleb didn't. I I, I wanted him to do the women's, but he just, he didn't do the women's champions. But we respect women on this podcast. We had our first female guest, uh, what was it, two weeks ago. Uh, So yeah. But anyway, Raw Women's Champion, Ronda Rousey. SmackDown Women's Champion was Becky Lynch. NXT Women's Champion was Kyrie Sane. And the IWGP Champion is Mr. Kenneth Omega. Number one song at the time, Girls Like You by Maroon 5 and Cardi B. How about that? Uh, Let's see. Yeah. Oh, history with the movie. Well... I uh, I did see this in theater, but I have a history with the character as well. You see, and I might have told this on Spider-Man 3, but I'll tell it again. Why not? That's been a while. So, I was, I don't know, five, six years old. Was at the mall. Went into a KB toy store. And there he was. Venom. Just hanging off a hook on the shelf. And I had never seen Venom before. And instantly, I was like, yes, love this guy. Got my mom to buy the toy, and uh, it, was the, it was the Venom. He was the action figure. He had the switch on the back. If you pulled down on it, his tongue comes out. So, yeah, that was the one. I had that. I thought he looked super cool. And I've been a Venom fan ever since. So, did this movie do him justice? We shall see. As for what I was doing at the time, because this came out... Oh, let's see. This movie came out in 2018. More specifically, uh, October of 2018. October 5th. And it was around that time, give or take a month or two, when Columbus saved the crew. So if you don't follow MLS, you don't know anything about this. That's okay. So we had a owner. He sucked. He It was a self-fulfilling prophecy, really, like... Well, uh, you know, I'm not going to update the stadium. The stadium's old. We need a new stadium. No one's going to the games. Well, 
It's like, well, maybe if you updated the stadium, people might go to the game. And, you know, they offered them, like, well, you can build a new stadium downtown. And it's, well, I don't like any of these sites downtown. I'd really rather just move the team to Austin. And, you know, I didn't like that. Nobody liked that. So he ended up having to sell the team. Uh, he got an, The other guy got an expansion team in Austin. Um, two years later, we won a championship, and uh, Austin has yet to do that. So I'd say we... I'd say, I mean, both people won because he got what he wanted and we got what we wanted, but we also got a championship, and he's just a fat dork who lives in Austin now. So, whatever. But yeah, we successfully stopped a team from moving. We, as in the fans, pressured politicians to do it, which they did. So, credit to the mayor and the governor and the people that bought the team. Credit them as well. So, I guess that's it's all good. And we got a new stadium. So that's that's cool, which uh, we really did need. But I was, uh, yeah, I you know, it was, if you live in Seattle or, God, Oakland. Oakland's been getting hit hard lately. But if you live in Seattle or Oakland or, uh, oh, gosh, who else has had team? Oh, St. Louis. Yeah, if you if you live in one of those cities, you, you probably know what it's like and, you know, it sucks. I, I don't like teams to move. I don't. Um, but uh, unfortunately, sometimes it's unavoidable. But uh, I hope I hope no teams move for a while. Anyway. Um, uh, let's see. Facts and figures. Well, did pretty well. Did pretty well. Budget, 100 million. Box office, 856.1 million. So, easy math there. It is a profit of $756.1 million. I mean, if you're new to the show, we don't always adjust for marketing and all that because those numbers are not usually available, but it's a ballpark. Anyway, uh, the adjusted inflation on that is $909 million, so nearly a billion-dollar movie if, you, if they'd have made it with the same success in 2023, so not bad. Uh... Puts it at 10th on the list. How about that? Who knew, right? It's right below Dark Knight and right above Deadpool. Yeah, there you go. Who knew Venom was that popular? I didn't realize that. Uh, Mixed on Rotten Tomatoes. You had critics at 30% and fans at 80%, so a 50% gap. Now, this was the movie. If you have listened for a while, we've been trying to track when do the critics lose the pulse of America. I still suggest that it was probably a lot closer to the Ghostbusters. I've mentioned this before. The critics gave the all-female Ghostbusters reboot, which I've not seen, but I've not heard good things. They gave that a better overall Rotten Tomatoes score than the Ghostbuster Afterlife, which I happen to love. Eh, I don't know. I mean, I know John always points out that Rotten Tomatoes is not what people seem to think. It's, you know, a six and a half is not like a great score. It's solid. It's a passing grade. But if nine critics give a movie a six and a half, then it shows up as a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. So John is correct. But, you know, you can kind of still use it as, as a barometer. But, you know, 
it's it's no secret that uh, critics, people, look, anytime there's like a new movie that's coming out, there'll always be like a Facebook post that'll be like, oh, you know, critics are given such and such, you know, it comes out Friday, but the early reviews aren't great. And all the comments are inevitably, eh, I'll see it for myself. I don't trust critics. And quite frankly, you look at Mario, which is, uh, you know, they made a billion dollars with mixed reviews from critics, but fans loved it. Uh, Quantum Mania fans mostly loved it. Critics did not. So, you know, it's... Uh, it's just, they they like a certain movie, and then there's other movies they don't. But, you know, sometimes, I'm not saying they're all wrong. Guardians and fans agreed. Most people who saw that, critic and fans, liked it. But this is the first movie on the podcast we've done where there's like a huge discrepancy like this. 50%. Are the critics completely wrong? I don't know. We'll see. But... That is, uh, that's what we will intend to find out at the end of this review when I give the final verdict. Uh, the cast, it's just me, so I'm not really gonna do much of the cast. Besides, it's a pretty small cast, right? I mean, what is there to say? You got, uh, you know, Michelle Williams as Annie Weying. Eh. I mean, you know, she did good, I guess. <laughs> I, have, I don't have much to say about her, uh... It was, I mean, she's, she's, she's in the movie, but not even for, like, a, a huge amount of time. There's really only, honestly, one character to talk about, if we're being honest. And it is, uh, it is Tom Hardy as Eddie Brock slash Venom. He does the voice of Venom, if you didn't know. But, um, I thought... He was very good. I actually did. I, I thought he did a nice job in this movie. Um, I think for an Eddie Brock, he does fit. Because I, when I think of Eddie Brock, I think of a guy who actually is pretty big. Which, Tom Hardy's not tall, but he is buff, you know. And I think of Eddie Brock as like, kind of a, I don't know kind of like an adult bully, I guess. He'd be the kind of guy um, in a bar that would be just, like, not annoying. He'd be the kind of guy in a bar that would, like, purposely try and start stuff with people, you know? Like, uh, now, in this movie, he's portrayed as more of a hero, um, which is one of the things with the movie, is they they don't exactly get the Venom character backstory correct. I mean, for starters, we're in San Francisco, not New York, where Eddie Brock and Spider-Man and Venom all live. But, eh, whatever. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and a lot of it is the the chemistry and the back and forth with uh, Eddie Brock and Venom, which was very fun, I guess, so... Yeah, again, not much to say. It's a small cast anyway. I mean, it just is. But let's just uh, let's just get to the uh, the plot. So for the second week in a row, we open in San Francisco, city by the bay. How about that? Uh, we meet Eddie Brock and Anne, 
they're engaged, and Eddie is one of those um, it's one of those investigative reporters, you know, like Vice before it went bankrupt, <laughs> um, you know, and before it. Man, Vice used to be so good. Remember those articles? Like they would do really interesting stuff, and then it's like they just were like, eh. They just looked at BuzzFeed and they're like, let's do more of that. And it's like, why? So, yeah, poor Vice. R.I.P. to a real one. Um, I guess they're not technically dead, but close enough. So he is given the assignment, he being Eddie, is uh, to cover Carlton Drake, who is basically a stand-in for Elon Musk. I mean, Carlton, he's a billionaire who runs a space company. Uh, he does not own Twitter, so I guess, but neither did Elon at this point. Um, who, by the way, Elon, no longer the CEO of Twitter. Remember that poll he did where he's like, I'm going to step down if you guys vote on it? Um, I think he, I'm just playing, consp- I'm just putting on a conspiracy theory hat. I feel like he never wanted to be CEO of Twitter and that he knew that people would vote to get rid of him and he just wanted to find someone. Just a thought. I I feel like he's not going to just be like, well, the people voted for me, so I'm out. Just a thought. I don't know. I don't particularly care. Although I do love community notes. That's pretty fun. Uh, But no, I'm not buying a blue check mark. Uh, So anyway... Eddie's uh, fiance, though, she's a lawyer, and she's representing Carlton's company, the Life Foundation, which is a really strange name. Although, this is where I had an issue. It's like, seems like Eddie could have easily denied this assignment, because he doesn't want to do it. Because they kind of want, like, a puff piece on him. And, I mean, it feels like Eddie could just be like, yeah, this is a conflict of interest. My fiance represents this guy. I'm not going to cover him. Like, this is, uh, I can't write a fair review because, you know, if I write something negative, then my fiance could get in trouble. And if I write some, some glowing review, then, you know, it compromises my, uh, what do you say, uh, scruples. So, but anyway, his boss makes him do it. So, okay. So, after uh, snooping in Anne's files, he gets some evidence that the Life Foundation tests pharmaceuticals on homeless people, and it kills them. So, uh, a real, uh, yeah, not great. A real, um, Elizabeth, um, oh, I can't remember her last name, uh, the Theranos lady, Elizabeth, uh, well, you know who I'm talking about, the Theranos lady, uh, so yeah, although I don't think she, I don't think she killed people. She just gave them a worthless drug or gave them a worthless diagnosis. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, he does the interview and he grill uh, Eddie grills Carlton about this, but then they cut the interview short and Eddie is fired as is Anne, and then Anne dumps Eddie. She says, "You know, I I loved you, but I love myself more." Harsh, but, I mean, you did get your girlfriend fired, or your fiancé fired from a high-paying job. I guess I'm going to have to side with her, because you, I mean, look, I know you have your ethics, and you don't want, you don't like this guy, and you know he's a terrible person, and they made you do this assignment, but, I don't know. 
Maybe you could have just let this one go. Just this once, so that your fiancé does not get fired. But again, I feel like his boss should have just said, Oh, this is a clear con conflict of interest. We can't uh, do this. But anyway. Uh, I'm just... It's too much uh, overthinking it. It's Venom. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> so, elsewhere, uh, Drake discovers this symbiosis from his latest rocket. Some sort of goo that's on the rocket. And he's experimenting on it. What could that be? Well, we then go to China, and there's a woman, and she has powers, and she kills a bunch of people, and then it transfers the powers to another woman. Alright. Flash forward six months later, and Drake is doing trials of this symbiosis, and he wants to start human trials. They don't agree. Elsewhere, Eddie is shopping at his, his grocery store, or convenience, eh, really more of a convenience store which gets robbed, which seems to happen a lot in San Francisco. Sad. Anyway, Eddie now lives in this dumpy apartment where he used to live in a nice apartment, and he isn't paying his bills, and he keeps looking for a reporter job, but nobody is hiring. It's like, dude, if you're getting past due notices on your bills and you're only limiting yourself to a reporter, maybe it's time to just swallow your pride and be like, look... I'll take whatever, you know. I'll be the security guard at this convenience store so it stops getting robbed. Whatever it takes, you know. Well, back at the Life Foundation, the test of this symbiote on a homeless guy, and it bonds with him and kills him. R.I.P. Later on, a Life Foundation scientist named Dora Skirch. Skirth. Doesn't matter, Dora. She confronts Eddie and tells him... He was right on the thing that he accused uh, Carlton of, but he's not interested in helping her. Eddie then runs into Anne. Well, he waits outside of her apartment, more accurately, and he meets Anne and her new boyfriend, Dan, the doctor. It uh, doesn't go well, so he just decides to give Dora a call. So, the old, uh, the old staking out the old place. That's always not a great move, fellas. So Dora takes Eddie to the Life Foundation, tells him on the latest rocket that came back from space had an alien life form aboard. It's a symbiote. And the people in human testing are hosts. And Eddie is taking photos, and one of the hosts bangs on the wall and begs to be let out. So Eddie tries to set, he tries to open the door, but he ends up setting off an alarm. And the symbiote attaches to him. And he escapes, but he's like a lot stronger and faster. He can jump over fences, you know, things like that. And then when Eddie gets back home, he's got a craving for food just from the trash. And he throws up and he finds Anne and to tell her about the Life Foundation. But he makes a huge scene at the restaurant. Uh, he's eating food and jumping in the lobster tank. And he also hears a voice in his head. Uh, Dr. Dan is like, oh, this is my patient. He's uh, clearly having a meltdown. Let's uh, not call the police. So moments later, Eddie wakes up in an MRI machine, but the loud noise makes him go crazy. Remember, Venom doesn't like loud noises, although who does? Uh, so Dan, the surgeon... Oh yeah, Dan's a sur... This is weird. Dan's a surgeon. They make a point of saying Dan's a surgeon, but he's administrating the MRI for some reason. Why? 
Don't they have MRI people specifically for that? If you're a surgeon, go do surgery. Uh, anyway, uh, it says, well, I got your results, which is funny because Eddie was in the machine for 10 seconds before it's... I mean, look, if you've ever been in an MRI machine, those things are loud. It's like, you know, I'm not going to do it because that would be bad audio. But those are very loud, and they take like 45 minutes. And he wasn't even in there 45 seconds before he went crazy. And Dr. Dan's, you know, well, I got the results. It's like, no, you can't have the results. There was not enough time for a test to be done because uh, Venom couldn't handle the loud noise. But whatever. Just a little plot hole nitpick. Back at the Life Foundation, uh, uh, Drake discovers that high-frequency noise hurts the symbiote, which we just saw. But he now knows it. And his security also found out Dora is who let Eddie in the lab. And as punishment, Dora is fed to the symbiote. Hmm. Sad. Anyway, Anne, not his doctor, calls to give him his MRI results. Why is Dan telling his fiance or his... Well, sorry. Why is Dan telling his girlfriend the MRI results and having the girlfriend call Eddie? Like... Just call him yourself. You're the doctor. But anyway, says uh, it's a parasite. That's what it is. And meanwhile, Drake's new uh, Drake's security team goes to uh, Eddie's apartment. He uses his new venom powers to take them all out. He's talking more with the symbiote as Drake watches from a drone, and he's thrilled that he's achieved symbiosis. So the gist is, um, you know, the symbiote can can merge with anyone, but usually that person will die. has to be a good match, really, you know? So, if it's not a good match, the person dies. And if it is a good match, well, then you get something cool like Venom. So, so they send more drones after Eddie, and there's a big chase uh, where he's on a motorcycle, and there's two SUVs, a third SUV pulls up, and Eddie bites one of their heads off. And uh, Eddie is then fully covered in the symbiote suit, uh, he escapes. He's like an eight-foot-tall, like 500-pound-looking monster. I gotta say, visually, this is good. This is good. I did not like him in uh, in Spider-Man 3. It was a little... I mean, when, he, when it was on Peter Parker, it was fine because it was just the black Spider-Man suit. Um, when it was on Eddie Brock in that movie... Uh, you know, Topher Grace, it, it was, eh, it wasn't, uh, I don't know, it didn't, it didn't do it for me, um, it didn't do it for me, it didn't do it for me, it was just not, you know, it's just, that's like, that's not, that's not Spider-Man, or sorry, that's not, that's not Venom, it's, it's just not. So, uh, so yeah, I did like it. Even though he didn't have the big white spider on him, I can live without that. That's fine. Uh, it's just a small design aesthetic. Besides, why would he have a sp white spider on him? Spider-Man didn't even exist in this universe. So, but they'll they'll later find him. But that's down the line. So, the uh, the symbiote tells Eddie he is Venom. And he knows everything about him, 
and they need each other to live. Meanwhile, the symbiote from earlier that was in China, remember that? It's made its way to the U.S. via a flight. Hmm, another... Another... <laughs> another disease coming from China. Ugh. Uh, yeah, it makes its way to the U.S. And uh, as Dan calls Anne and gives uh, her Eddie's test results... Um, Oh, wait. Yeah. Hold on. I feel like I had my notes backwards there. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I... I don't know. Ignore me. Anyway, that's when Dan called Dora to... Or not Dora. Dora's dead. That's when Dan called Anne to give the test results. Um, I don't know why I had that earlier in the notes. That's uh, very strange. Anyway, uh, Venom then... But yeah, breach of doctor-patient confidentiality, too, right? I mean, you can't just tell your girlfriend, like, oh yeah, this guy you know, I treated him for this. Anyway, Venom breaks into his old boss's office, leaves evidence of what the Life Foundation is doing, and during this we learn if Eddie dies, Venom dies, but he can't really just jump from person to person because they're too good of a match. So, please show up at this building, and Venom takes them all out, and shows up, sees Eddie as Venom, so she drives him to the hospital. Um, in the car ride over, Eddie tells Anne that uh, he can't do another MRI because high-pitched noise is his weakness, and also fire. So they mention that. And Venom also tells Eddie to apologize, you know, for getting her fired and all that, which Eddie does do. So that's nice. Eddie's got to stick together. I want Eddie to succeed. At the Life Foundation, a little girl walks in and transfers a white symbiote to Carlton Drake. So, he's got one now. At the hospital, Dan tells Eddie this parasite is killing him. But Venom keeps telling Eddie, no it's not, they don't know what they're talking about. And then Eddie attacks Dan, and Anne flips on the alarm, and Eddie separates from the symbiote. But the symbiote escapes through an air duct. Um, and as Eddie tries to leave, he is caught by Drake's henchmen. Not sure how they knew to look there, but whatever. Um, but anyway, Venom has since bonded to a dog. So there's that. Actually, no, I do know how they found out that he was there. Because the symbiotes share a hive mind. And the white Venom that attached to Drake would know where the black Venom was. Okay, so not a plot hole. I jumped the gun on that one. I apologize, Venom. You you got me there. Although they don't explain that, but let's go with it. Who cares? So, at the Life Foundation, Drake interrogates Brock, and we see Drake has his symbiote, not black. It's really more of a uh, dark gray. It, it showed up as white when it transferred, but now it's more dark gray. But they need to find uh, the other symbiote, which is weird. It's like, now you can't find them, but you could earlier. I guess I just disproved my own theory. Oh, well. Meanwhile, the Life Foundation security takes Eddie out to the woods to kill him. The woods? <laughs> Why do they need to take him to the woods when they killed Dora, like, in the uh, room? But it's like, we gotta march him out to the woods. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, the woods. And Anne shows up wearing the Venom, which reminded me, I actually had a Lady Venom kid as a toy, which that is a character, Lady Venom. So yeah, I had one, 
and uh, I guess it was Anne. I don't remember, but uh, yeah, it was like a girl. Half her face was covered. It was more of like a statue. It wasn't like an action figure to you know play with. It was more of a uh, display figure, and it was like just a girl with like half of her face covered in venom. It looked pretty cool. But yeah, that just reminded me of that. Um, anyway, Venom tells Eddie, or sorry, anyway, Venom bonds with Eddie again. And then he tells Eddie that Drake's symbiote is called Riot, and Riot wants to bring more of them to this planet to feed on humans. But Eddie made Venom change his mind because uh, on his planet he's kind of a loser, just like Eddie. So Riot and Venom do battle, and Riot. Does stuff Venom can't do, like create blades with his hands, like T-1000. Uh, Riot continues to get the better of Venom, even ripping his suit off at one point, which was kind of cool. And as they're doing battle by this rocket, which uh, if you watch the Spider-Man cartoon, you know that uh, that's how Venom gets got in the show. So the rocket's about to launch. The noise causes a separation of their suits. But uh, Drake does get his suit back on, stabs Brock in the chest, Riot gets in the rocket to go back to the planet, but Venom sabotages the rocket and blows it up, killing Riot, because, you know, fire. So, explosion also kills Venom, as he tells Eddie goodbye. R.I.P. Not to a real one, because he's not really dead, of course. So after everything, Eddie meets Anne, and he's got his old job back, only doing writing, no more TV. And he has scored a huge interview. But as they're talking, Venom tells Eddie that uh, we're going to get Anne back. And Eddie walks off, and Stan Lee tells Eddie not to give up on her, either of you. Which I thought that was funny. I mean... You could, you could point out the plot hole and be like, why does this random old man know that he's two people? But... Eh, who cares? Eddie then gives Venom some uh, ground rules on eating people. You can only eat bad guys, which is really the only rule. So Eddie goes back to the store, and he eats the robber. Roll credits. But wait, there's more. Eddie's big interview. Eddie goes to the San Quentin prison. And he's granted an interview with Cletus Cassidy. Noted serial killer, played by Woody Harrelson. How about that? Cletus tells Eddie, when he gets out, there's going to be carnage. Ooh. Man, oh man. And then he said, uh, sorry, Mr. Peterson, I can't carry you home anymore. My chiropractor said it's bad for my back. Anyway, that's a Simpsons joke. Uh, there's a post-credit scene. Well, sort of. It's a post-credit trailer. It's uh, a scene from Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Which, uh, I'm not going to recap that. We'll, I'll recap it later. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's random. But, Sony-verse trying to do something, I guess. Uh, got some bonus content. Deleted scenes. Yeah, I watched this on DVD. Had to run it at the library because it's not good enough for streaming, apparently. I will say none of these deleted scenes were... Um, eh, they weren't anything that I would have kept in. Uh, Eddie rides in a taxi and he talks with Venom about losing Anne and how 
As a kid, he always wanted to be a superhero. Didn't need that. Eddie walks by a car alarm going off and freaks out and destroys the car. We already established it. His sound hurts him. We don't need this scene. And then we get an extended end credit scene. I did like this, but um, basically Eddie and Cletus talk more. I enjoyed it for a mid credit scene, but it's a little long. I mean, a, a mid credit scene is just supposed to be a small teaser. And this went like... They, they kept talking and talking, and it's like, okay, I mean, this is not how long an end credit scene should be, but, you know, it was fine. I like Woody Harrelson. He plays a great Cletus Cassidy. But, uh, yeah, there you go. That is Venom. Oh, man. What to give it? What to give it? What to give it? So, you guys remember the... Um, the episode of The Office when uh, Stanley, they're all well, they're all um, they're all debating if Hillary Swank is hot or not, and Stanley's like, you know, the old me, he'd have found something to dislike about this girl, but the new me, uh, I, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say she's hot. Well, well, I disagree with Stanley on that. I don't find her that attractive. I do like his thought process. You know, the old me would have not liked this movie. The old me would have said, eh, this is just uh, a slightly better Daredevil. Like, they got the character all wrong, you know. But you know what? It was fun. And the old me would have just ignored all that. But the new me, it's like, yeah, you know what? The movie was fun. And yes, it does bother me, some of the things. I mean... Did they get Eddie Brock right? Not exactly. Um, is Venom a hero? No. I mean, they made him a little more of an anti-hero. I mean, he kills criminals, but that's not that unheard of on the hero cast. I mean, we've we've seen heroes kill criminals before. Does that make them bad? I mean, I guess. I mean, the guy was just robbing a store. Did he deserve to get his head bitten off? Eh, probably not, but, you know. Venom's got to eat, I guess. So, uh, yeah, other than that, um, the one complaint I have is that we never, it's never resolved if Venom is a parasite or not. I mean, we know, we, the viewers and, and, and readers of the comic, know that he is. And we know that he is slowly killing Eddie Brock. But in this movie... They address it, and they're like, yes, he is a parasite. He is killing you. you got to get rid of the suit. And then Venom is saying, no, 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 they're wrong. They don't know what they're talking about. But it's never really brought up again, and it's never really resolved. It's like, I mean, look, we as the audience can probably believe the Doctor over Venom, but it's like, ah, you know, Tom Hardy and Venom are too great together. It's so much fun, their chemistry. So it's like... Okay, you don't want to have you don't want to think about Venom slowly killing Tom Hardy, but it's like, but he is, you know. So I don't know. They don't again. They don't really. Uh, they don't really readdress that, and we don't ever get a proper conclusion on that. So a little strange, um, but and and I don't even say that's a minor complaint. That's kind of a big deal. Like it's it was a major. It should be a major thing, but they don't uh, 
they don't ever they don't revisit it. I don't know. So, um, but yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. A lot of the chase scenes are really cool. The fight scenes are really cool. A lot of things they do with Venom are very cool. So I did have a lot of fun watching it. Um, you know, is it a good movie? No, I can't say it's a good movie. But I can say it's a fun movie. And for that, I'm going to give it a 6.5. It's a 6.5 out of 10. It's fun. It's a quick watch. There is some plot holes. There is some characters not really thinking and being all that smart. But uh, it's fun. The action scenes are, are very fun. I, I at least enjoyed, you know, that part of it. So, it uh, you know, it beats, uh, it beats Spider-Man 3, right? You know, that's... Uh, that's the goal. I mean, that was the previous benchmark, and uh, it it does it does pass that. I will say, it does pass that. Uh, next week we are back on a streaming service. Thank you, and uh, fire up your HBO now or Max. HBO Max. What what are they calling it? Max now? It's just called Max. I'm just I'm not gonna call it Max. I don't like that. I'm just gonna call it HBO. Fire up your HBO. And, uh, check out Aquaman. And, uh, yeah. Aquaman on HBO. I should have a guest next week. I'm hoping to. I'm hoping to. Uh, but the only thing I will say is, again, I'll be out of town for partial of next week, so... It's a very tricky time in the uh, the scheduling, so if it's just me again, I I promise I'll I'll do better. Although I don't think I did bad. Now I mean it's a it's a solo it's a solo show, you know. It's tough, you know. I don't have commercials. I don't have callers that I can go to. But uh, you know, I don't who, gosh, who's done like solo shows? Um, I don't know. I'm sure there's like a lot of NPR hosts that have done solo shows, but um, who like Rush Limbaugh did solo shows, right? Um, but you know, I don't know. It's 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 not easy. It's not easy, but uh, you know, it is what it is. Um, just a schedule. Hope. Uh, also, let me point out in my defense, it's it's tough finding different people every week since I can't get Caleb because he's been blipped. It's tough finding different people each week to do, um, you know, for different movies. And, you know, it's like, oh, I could just plug in someone else and let them do, you know, most of the movies. But that kind of defeats the purpose of Eddie and his amazing friends. It's amazing friends, not amazing friend. So there you go. But yeah, Aquaman next week. Hopefully it'll be a guest. I will say it's probably someone you've heard before, if I do have one, which I should. So that is all for now. I will leave you with this quote. You probably think it's going to be We Are Venom. It is not. I am going to drop a uh, a quote for... Um, if you're a fan of... Uh, if you're a fan of Botchamania, you'll like this quote. <clears throat> You talk too much.
diva, don't breathe on me. I'm a believer in nobody. Won't let me leave cause I've seen something. Hope I don't sneeze, I don't. Really, we just need to feel something. Only pretending to feel something. I know you're dying to run. I wanna turn you around. Please remain calm. The end has arrived. We cannot see you. Enjoy the ride. This is the moment you've been waiting for. And call it a warning. This is a war. It's a parasite. Well... 